104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Yes, sir. Back in the studio once again. Two weeks since we've last convened with Ned Reynolds to talk about sports. That's like two weeks without air, Ned. Tell you what it means. It means we all have to go through spring training again. Yeah, we're rested. <laughs> I think we're rested, ready to go. I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited to be back at it. John Oliver in the studio with us. John, how are you? I'm doing well. I may have sprained my ACL earlier during the warm ups. We so. had the two weeks to kind of get <laughs> yourself sure. back in shape. And off the injury reserve list, our very own Josh Roberts. Josh, right. how are you? Hey, it's good to be back. Good to be I'm back. Off the IR. I'm off the quarantine. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, we got to turn up that microphone though. I'm Something's up. That microphone's got problems. We're gonna have to work on that. Okay. So you got to scream. Let's start out with our very own Ned Reynolds. He's gonna tell us who's hot in the NFL. It's brought to you by All Service Error Service. Well, as much as I hate to admit it, the the hottest team is the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. But yes. keep in mind they're playing a very watered down schedule. It's you know the way things are. It's the way the NFL has put it together. And they haven't, for instance, they played the Jacksonville Jaguars today and beat them 27-3. It's a challenge, of course. It's all National Football League, and they're all pro athletes. But, hey, the Steelers are better than all these other teams. Are they? And now here comes the comparison. Are they as good as the Kansas City Chiefs, who they are not playing this year? And, oh, they are not. So while the Steelers, again, will be number one in the power rankings for whatever the hell that means, which is, which is nothing, <laughs> doesn't mean a thing, the, uh, the Chiefs, in my opinion, are the number one team in pro football, and we're about to experience what they're going to do to the Las Vegas Raiders tonight. John, who you, who's your pick for the team that's the one to watch right now? Because in the, in the interim weeks, we've had a lot of kind of shakeups with the NFL. So what's your opinion on that? It's really hard for me. To, there's two that stand out to me. Boy, the Miami Dolphins have looked great with two at quarterback. I mean, what a turnaround for them. And then we were just watching this gentleman, the highlights a little bit ago. Alex Smith has Washington firing on all cylinders. So, I mean, it starts at quarterback a lot of times with a winning culture. And I think both of those teams have playoff aspirations now at this point. And Josh, and you can't bring up a college team. Oh, I can't? No, you oh, can't. Well. <laughs> You know, first I want to say that I think Ned's a little biased against Pittsburgh, which I understand because he's a Philly guy. He's never going to root for the Steelers. But but I do. But at the same time, I do agree with you. I think the Chiefs are still the best team in, in football, just when you look at the, the ability and the execution and everything. But you can't take anything away from the Steelers. The Steelers are playing really well. Now I'm going to repay the compliment because I know you're a big Tide fan. Now – I am allowed to talk about it. You aren't. Yeah, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, I heard the guy on – I was taking a trip yesterday and heard the guy on the radio say, hey, Ohio State is the number one team in America. They're unbeaten. I said, buddy, you do not know what on earth you're talking about. Alabama, I watched them destroy, absolutely destroy Kentucky last night. Mm -hmm. And it was a game in which they pulled back. They yeah. had their third and fourth teams <laughs> yeah. in there, and they're still smashing this ball club. 63-3. to three was And Kentucky's that. not that bad. No, no. no. So, uh, now I do think the game, I believe they play Auburn next week, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Auburn's a bit down, but be that as it may, I, I want to see Alabama play Ohio State and Clemson. Yeah. Because I think... The tide is better than both those teams. Now I know we're getting off the beaten. Yeah, tides. we'll talk. We'll talk more about that in our next segment. But let's let's think back two weeks ago, and I think I'm going to give you props right now 
because you called the Carolina Panthers game with the Chiefs as being one that could be a trap game. Mm-hmm. And it was a little nerve-wracking, but still a workmanlike performance from the Chiefs. Not a great performance, however. And no. that's what has me a little bit concerned about tonight. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the Chiefs win this one tonight. But Kansas City's defense is not playing as well as it should be. And I think the Carolina game brought that to the fore. The Panthers were able to run and and run pretty much at will. I mean, they, they yeah. went had 300, uh, 345, I think it was, in uh, running off at whatever, it, whatever the case might be. Uh, the Carolina Panthers were able to do things and could have, with a few breaks, won that game. All right, what do you face tonight? Josh Jacobs, who is running very well, a guy from Alabama. And you face a quarterback who's an old, proven veteran. That Now, what are you, what are you suggesting? I'm suggesting a high-scoring game. I think Chiefs win it because I don't think Las Vegas can stop them on offense. Nobody can. But Kansas City is going to give up some points. John, let me ask you this. This obviously is a game that uh, sticks in the craw of the Kansas City Chiefs. They feel that they are the best team in the NFL. I agree that they are the best team in the NFL, but they have that one crooked number on their on their resume right now, and it's against this team. Do you think there was extra hard workouts? This oh, that's beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, losing that game, you know, every team wants to go undefeated. I don't think it's the best thing, as I've mentioned on the show before. I think a loss helps, you know, build a, a title run most of the time. But for this game, I guarantee they're amped up to the max. The Raiders are a good football team. They're not, you know, they're not sloths by any means. They are a good football team with a lot of young talent. So this game could be closer than you might think, but I cannot see any scenario where the Chiefs don't win this tonight. There was some bulletin board material this week, uh, you know, I guess when the Raiders took a victory lap at Arrowhead. That didn't set too well with the guys <laughs> in the other locker room. And no. uh, Andy Rebus talked about that. He said, not our style. Mm-hmm. It's not the way we do things. Josh, what do you think you're going to see tonight? Well, I I think it may not bother Andy Reid, but it bothered the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's a disrespect. And granted, yes, the, the Raiders won that game. They had every right to do a victory lap in the parking lot or whatever <laughs> they did. And that's kind of Gruden's MO. He's, he's more of a player's coach. So he tries to get them amped up and fired up with things like that. And I get it. Uh, but I think that is great bulletin board material and has been for the chiefs and, and the chiefs don't need much motivation because they're, they're good, but maybe they need that little, that little pinch that says, hey, these guys showed you a little bit of disrespect, so don't let up on them. Because my whole thing is, and this is something that I've talked to a friend, a friend of mine about for years. I don't know if we've talked about it. I feel like at times the Chiefs played down to the level of their competition. Mm-hmm. And I think that, to me, that comes back to play calling. I think they try to get cutesy sometimes they, when they don't need to, and that gives the other team opportunities to stay in a game. And – I think that if they do that tonight, they might end up losing again. What they need to do is just do what works for them and destroy the Raiders in yeah. every aspect because they have the ability to do it. That, let's go back to last week's game because I wanted to bring this up. I, I heard it on the radio. So I when Mitch Holtis was trying to describe it, and God bless him, he did the best he possibly could, and I kind of had an idea in, in my mind what he was talking about. I, had to, I, I was told my wife, Got to go home and I got to see this. When they started, 
And I don't know if I can even do it close to the justice that Mitch Holtis did when they started Patrick Mahomes in motion. And then he came back through and got the ball. <laughs> I've never seen that. Have you, Ned, have you ever seen? You've been around this longer than we have. you ever seen the Indian? must admit I have not. I thought it was a very clever play. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a trickology, so to speak. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, you've got to throw in a little gimmick every so often. And I thought that was a, I thought it was very intelligent. And, and typical of what Andy Reid can come up with. You start playing conservative football at this level of the season, and you're going to run into trouble. You better come up with something new. I don't necessarily mean a double or triple reverse or anything of that nature, but something that's going to throw the other teams off balance because these, as we've said many times before, these are pro athletes, and they can respond to any circumstance. But, yes, I I had not seen that before. John, what did you think of it? You know, I love the the creativity with the play calling, and I have to say that. And I think Andy Reid's – this is – you know, he had a little bit of this when he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl with McNabb and with Terrell Owens and how talented they were. But I think he has got so many fun toys to play with. I think he's having fun with it, and I think you need to. You need to keep teams, you know, on their toes. And I think throwing this kind of thing in is perfect. Well, you get the athletes to do it. Exactly. Josh, you watch a lot of college football, and college football has a little more trickeration well, in it yeah. than the NFL. You ever <laughs> seen anything like that? No, I've never seen anything like that before. I, that's very unusual. And I agree with what you guys are saying. I mean, I, I'm not saying that they need to just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, punt. But my problem is when they – it seems like they – Andy Reid always had the knock of being too conservative in big games. He's gotten over that hump now. They've won a championship. Uh, but now I f- sometimes feel like he's just saying, oh, just do whatever you want. They're playing, you know, uh, Sandlot football at times. And so they're not accomplishing. I mean, I, I go back to uh, Magic Johnson used to always say that their goal in the Showtime era of the Lakers was to have a lead so big in the third quarter that none of the starters had to play in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs have the ability to do that against most of the teams in the NFL, but they don't. And I think the reason they don't is because they do a little more of that trickeration and tricky stuff, and it doesn't work, and then they end up punting more often than they should and giving the other team an opportunity. Because of what you said, Ned, the NFL has a high level of competition and a high level of talent, and you're only going to get away with that stuff for a certain amount of time with these teams, and then they're going to end up scoring. And then what are you going to do? And the players on the other team don't like to be shown up with oh, plays no. like oh, that. And no. that sticks in their crawl, too, pretty you well. Bet. And uh, the hit is going to be a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And perhaps the level of motivation is going to be a whole lot more direct. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about the fact that the Chiefs have a big target on their back. Everybody oh, yeah. knows what a good team they are. Hey, let's play our better level of football if we can. Now, there are some teams that just simply don't have the personnel to do that. But uh, the Las Vegas Raiders do have, not to keep up with them on a consistent basis, but for a game, which they've already shown, they do have that. Uh Let me ask you guys this. Do you think the Chiefs are perhaps a victim of their own success in some regards? Oh, sure. that the fact when you turn on a game, you almost expect them to score every time they have the ball? Uh And let's face it, no matter who they're playing, that's not realistic. It's not realistic at all. And 
and it's the same thing goes for Patrick Mahomes. If he's not throwing for 500 or 600 yards and four or five touchdowns and, and throwing with his left hand, well, he just had a workmanlike game, <laughs> right? I mean, don't, do you think that's true? I do, yes. and I think it's a level of arrogance, and I don't mean that to be derogatory in any way. Mm-hmm. And Mahomes is a guy who has a, a very steady head on his shoulders. But when you read and listen to and watch every single sports event that goes on. It's this and that and how good the Chiefs are and how Mahomes is the player of the century and all this sort of thing. Hey, that has to have an effect on you. And in in some cases, if an individual is mature enough, a positive respect. But so many of them are not. When they hear this over and over, hey, we're pretty doggone good. Uh, We can go out there uh, and beat anybody. Case in point. Let's talk about this for just a second, because I know that, John, you're a huge fan of Lamar Jackson. I am. They may perhaps be one of the biggest disappointments this season so far. They lost a game today. Mm-hmm. They're 9-4 and four in this, or I forget what the record is, 6-4 and four or something like that right now. A little bit disappointing. I mean, people really thought they would be neck and neck with the Chiefs. He can't do it by himself. No. And that's what people forget. You know, I... We had one of my uh, son's friends over to the house, and he was talking about how bad the Ravens are and how they have no talent and things like that. <laughs> Guys, they didn't they didn't forget to play football. Here's what happens, and it, it happened with the Chiefs last year. Teams make adjustments based on what they're seeing. Lamar Jackson cannot do it all. I've never seen anyone be able to scramble out of the pocket the way he can and still make throws. He is phenomenally talented. However, teams have seen this now. They know how to game plan. They spy. Absolutely. So, I mean, in that being said, I kind of expected them to regress a little bit. Now, you know, them missing the playoffs, that's going to be a disappointment if that comes to fruition. Right now they're on the outside looking in after losing to the Titans today. And, you know, they've got a lot of young receivers. And just like you were talking about with the Chiefs, the same thing happens with that. Guys are going to drop balls. Guys are going to not complete every pass. We've never had a quarterback go a season with a 100% completion rating. We expect that sometimes, but they're human, and they're going to fail a good 30% of the time at least. They're not Alabama, right, Josh? (laughs) Exactly. There are a lot of X factors involved in any play in football, and that's, you know, if everything goes right, it's a cool play, and it, it moves the sticks. But if everything doesn't go right, there's the opportunity for it to fail. And when you're dealing with the professionals... You're dealing with the the highest level of intellect and oh, yeah. physical ability in the world. Mm-hmm. And when you're challenging defensive coaches to come up with some kind of a gimmick, guys, every single waking moment of the day, these professional coaches are looking at, see what he did there? Yep. The tendency here, let's mm-hmm. guard against this tendency out there. And every human being has specific tendencies that can be recorded, including Patrick Mahomes. That's right. I'm not so sure somebody's not going to come up somewhere along the line and devise some kind of defense. May not be mm-hmm. this year, but we'll see. Well, we saw the Raiders. I mean, they obviously yes. did a really good job in the first game because they were able to contain him. They have, mm-hmm. they have a lot of athletes on that side of the ball that were able to put pressure on him and then cover in the zone deep enough that he was not able to get passes off. And that was the key to their victory in that first game. But, Joe, the oh, yeah. problem with it tonight is that he has, he being the uh, Raiders as an organization, have uh, four of their starters out because yes. of COVID. And uh, that, you know, there's a different level. Uh, linemen and defensive players are not interchangeable. There are no. differences in right. ability, mm-hmm. and for you a, see that. For a while, they had ten players. That right. Out, so. <laughs> 
Well, we shall see. We are not too far away from the start of the game tonight. It's Remember, it's America's game tonight. <laughs> but we'll have the uh, coverage for you of that. The pregame starting in just about 40 minutes. It's Ned Talk and 104.7 The Cave. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Not America's game, but a game that's going on right now. The uh, Cowboys and the Vikings. Cowboys newsflash. Cowboys winning. Cowboys winning. They're taking on the uh, the Vikings right now. Let's check in with Ned and find out what's brewing in college football. It's brought to you by Arctic Food Equipment. Interesting day yesterday. Uh, the big game on the schedule. One of the big games on the schedule canceled because of COVID. Which absolutely disturbed the daylights out of me two hours before kickoff. Yep. Two yeah. hours because the sides could not come together on an agreement with protocol. That, ladies and gentlemen gentlemen in here mm-hmm. and if there are any ladies listening is rubbish yes. and I'm, I'm so appalled that that was allowed to even be a decision when two hours before kickoff come on mm. anyway back to the the big game was the battle of the unbeatens and the big 10 at columbus and ohio state gets off to a big lead and then has to hold off a really <laughs> challenging indiana team an indiana team that's pretty doggone good but uh, Ohio State, do they belong in the top rankings? Well, you have to give it to them, even though they've only been, what, three games? Something yeah. like that. Uh, for my money, there are – I've mentioned Alabama. I think they're the best team. Clemson is certainly right up there with them. And watch out, guys. They're not going to be in the playoffs. They won't be in the playoffs because they've lost two games. But Oklahoma is really coming on. Yeah. But no love for Coastal Carolina. They're 8-0. <laughs> they are 8-0. And they – you know, they haven't – Really, they're playing the Sun Belt, which yeah. is uh, not bad. It's a Division One. How I'll tell you, though, who's better than they are and who they play at the end of the season is Liberty. Oh, yeah. Ah. Liberty and Coastal Carolina play each other. Liberty lost on a field goal at the gun oh. yesterday by to North Carolina State, 15-14. Oh, to 14. wow. What a big feather that would have been. They've already beaten mm. Virginia Tech and uh, some other, uh, maybe UMass or somebody like that, but they, they've beaten some big-time teams this year. Mm-hmm. Liberty is good. Hugh Freeze is their coach, used to mm-hmm. be at Ole Miss, and uh, he's done a heck of a job with that team. And then when you take a look at their final game, it's Coastal Carolina. That nice. will be a dandy, and one of them's going to be in a bowl game. Now, yeah. I'm, I want to ask you a serious question here. It's going to sound funny, but I'm going to ask you a serious question because I watched that Coastal Carolina game yesterday, and they were playing – was it Appalachian State? Appalachian State, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did they have a contest to decide who how their helmets would look? Because that was the <laughs> worst college. That's the worst helmet that I've ever seen. I, I must admit, I don't know what it looks like. Oh, it was like a hand-drawn picture of a, it looked like each helmet was drawn individually with a magic marker. Hand-drawn, and it's got a guy with a corncob pipe sticking out of his mouth. Coastal Carolina? No, uh, oh, Appalachian, Appalachian State. State. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, it, was, it was terrible. They like to portray that. That's where uh, Coach Drinkwitz, uh, who is now coaching Missouri, that's where he came from. <laughs> yep, that is. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. Year. You know, was, they're the team. They were the 1AA before they went 1A, of course. Yeah. 1AA national champs, and Michigan put them on the schedule for you know, a little song and dance that's turned out the season and lost the game. Yep, I yep. remember that, because Michigan was top five, and that was their first game of the season, and Appalachian State beat them. Yeah, we talked about this last mm-hmm. week, and uh, I'm sure Josh will have his opinion on this, about uh, our friend Jim Harbaugh losing his job. Do you think uh, that's, uh, that's a foredrawn conclusion? I, yeah. All he has done – 
is fail at Michigan. <laughs> I'm surprised he made it. The only reason he made it as long as he did is because he went to Michigan. He's a Michigan alum. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. But And here's – I think he's another one of those coaches that he does well coaching in one arena and not in the other. Yeah, I think that's right. I think he's a fine NFL coach, but he's just he just can't do it in college. Well, you well, have to understand whole... the differences, too, because in college, yeah, recruiting totally... yeah. and the level of, of athlete that you're dealing with, we're in the pros, you're talking about guys who have been there. Sure. They know what's going on. You sign or make the deals to to uh, obtain proven right. athletes. You don't have to go out and recruit them. Well, so it is, it's a different format. There have been many. Like Lou Holtz was a terrible NFL coach. but oh he, you know, Lou Holtz, everybody knows him from Notre Dame. Uh, the reverse was true with Nick Saban. He was terrible as an NFL coach, mm. but he is a great college coach. That's because his terrible person shtick works well. <laughs> in, yeah. in yes, he can lord football. over people and get the result he wants. In the NFL, they look at you and go, I make more money than you. Yeah. So. That, that Geico commercial is great that he does, by <laughs> oh the way. Oh, my gosh. Hey, it can't be. It can't uh, – Play can't favorites. Play favorites. Yeah, what does that even mean? Favorites. I don't even get what. Who wrote the that? Guy's wearing an Alabama sweatshirt. <laughs> He's like. He probably said, "Let me write the commercial myself." Okay, right. I'm just. I'm gonna, If I'm going to be in it, let me do it. And I'm not going to wear your colors. I'm going to wear these colors. Okay. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> well, I still think they have. Uh, they being the Crimson Tide, probably have the number one team in the country. In my opinion, great athletes. They're so doggone fast. Uh, I would like to see them play Clemson again. And uh, well, although I don't think Alabama's or uh, Oklahoma's in their caliber, I do think they'd beat them, and I really think they'd beat Ohio State as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's talk about that for just a minute. We talked last week or a couple of weeks ago with Stormy about this about this weird college football thing that's yeah. going on. You know, is Penn State still in the top twenty-five? You no. know, they have won a game all season. <laughs> I mean, it, what you know? What are your thoughts on that, Josh? Obviously, you have some you have some I, points about it. I don't like. I don't like what it is this year. I mean, I understand that there have been so many variables, and at first the Big Ten and the Pac-12 weren't even going to play, and then they decided to play, and so that's why they're so far behind on games. But my, how are they? I don't understand how if if Ohio State finishes the season undefeated and they've only played six games, how are you going to put them in the the final four against teams that have played ten or eleven games? How, how can you justify It's that? totally unfair when you think about that from the chronology standpoint. Yeah. But, but keep and in mind now. the attrition standpoint. The bowl committee that puts them together is 14 individuals. And they get together and they, uh, from a subjective standpoint, decide who the teams are. It's subjective. Yes. Now, they're looking at the records and so forth and so on. But don't fool yourself. They're also looking at the names they are looking at the TV attractability. Revenue of these. generation. The bank a, statements. Yeah, you can't exactly. make an adverb out of that, but I just did. That's, right? that's, <laughs> why, that's why Notre Dame is is in the, is number two, right? Well, they are undefeated. Yeah, but, but they're still Notre Dame. And they, Well, they'd be Clemson. <laughs> so you have to give yeah, them credit. Yeah, they're still Notre Dame. Dame. They have now, you talk about, I'm glad you mentioned that, because they do face a trap game coming up this Friday. The day after Thanksgiving, they go to Chapel Hill to play a very good North Carolina team. Oh, yeah, North Carolina is good this year. They are. They have a very fine football team, and if Notre Dame goes in there flat, they were off this weekend. They go in there flat and not ready, watch out. I have one thing to say about Notre Dame beating Clemson. Trevor Lawrence didn't play in that game. He did not. Or Clemson would have beat him by 30. 
Wow. I can say it because it doesn't matter. <laughs> Actually, though, it does because when it comes to the ACC championship, instead of divisions oh, this year, right. they're all it's one versus two, and they may be they one probably versus two. play again. Yeah. yeah, it would be in Charlotte, I think, uh, outside game at the uh, Carolina Panthers Stadium. I think that's where they play the ACC championship. I do have one more question. Did they reschedule the Alabama-LSU game, or is it just not going to happen this year? To my knowledge, they have not rescheduled it, and to, to have not have it happen. Oh, it's crazy. Well, I think a lot of it uh, might be decided upon whether or not it has any variables sure, on the sure. final standings. I, I, I'm guessing that's the case. I know Alabama plays this weekend against Auburn. And then next week they play Arkansas. Arkansas, correct. All right. Well, about 28 minutes away from the start of the pregame show until then. You're stuck with us. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Art Haynes and Mitch Holtis take over in about 23 minutes. That is when you hear the gee, when you hear the start of the free game show. My tongue and I are just not working well together today. We're just not doing it. Let's uh, check in with John. He's going to tell us about the injury report. It's brought to you by Morrison, Webster, and Carlton. Good news for Chiefs fans. It's a really short report for their team. Um, Sammy Watkins, who, of course, you know, he's just had a hard time staying healthy this year. He's out again for this game. Every year. He has a hard time. You just count out the middle part of the season for Sammy Watkins. (laughs) He's on vacation. Right. Uh, On the Raiders' side, it's a little more banged up, as Ned was alluding to. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner, their safety is ruled out. Sam Young, their offensive tackle is questionable. Maurice Hurst, their defensive tackle is questionable. And Jalen Richard, their young running back, is questionable. Let me ask you a question. COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't like to talk about it, but I mean, it's just a fact of life right now with everything that we're going through. I don't understand how like one or two guys in the team can have it and the rest of the team is quarantine because right. you can you can you're really not cleared until that 14 day quarantine periods mm-hmm. i mean it, the test is almost useless in a way well mm-hmm. they, it's it's the newest uh, form of uh, battling against a pandemic contact tracing yes yeah. well <laughs> guys i a little personal note here i had uh, when i was a kid i had a disease it was communicable mm-hmm. and uh, my i have two brothers and they were quarantined. It was not for any 14 days. It was for about three or four, as I remember it. But, you know, the health department had to come up and put up the sign. It's scarlet fever is what it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was hand and foot mouth. <laughs> it could have been. Back then it could have been. But, but this contact tracing in 14 days, I have never heard of before. Yeah. Now, it's all based on what the period of time is that COVID-19 can develop. Right. But in the NFL, they also have the protocol of saying, well, if you can take and pass two tests mm-hmm. and you've been exposed to this person and you're not going to be positive, you can play. Yep. And that's what it is with, I think, eight of the Raiders tonight. Yes. But there are four of them who are actually do have the, uh, the yes. disease itself. So they, they are out. They're out as well. Uh, it's, it's, uh, this is so, so unknown what we're yeah. dealing with right. here mm-hmm. as as to I'm not being critical it just is a situation in which in my opinion as a non-scientist and a non-doctor that we have overreacted in Whoa. a lot of respects 
We overreacted earlier when we were talking about the Cowboys having a lead because that's gone. <laughs> that's evaporated, the by the way. Yeah, yeah it's 21. Back. Wait, there's a, there's a personal oh. foul. I, oh, I knew it was going to be on the Cowboys. <laughs> They're really chippy. When the Giants and them played, they might as well just have boxing gloves on. All right, John, let's check in with you again for our fantasy wick, fantasy pick. I can talk. It's brought to you by Fazoli's. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, as far as fantasy players go, I haven't really given much love to quarterback options. And with what's taken place in the NFL of the last week, a lot of people are hurting after Drew Brees broke more ribs than I knew there were in the human rib cage. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, you've got today Joe Burrow being carted off. So yeah, if you've got him on your roster, uh, move him off. Yeah. So a couple of guys you can look at picking up. Number one, a guy that's very familiar to most people probably listening to this broadcast, Alex Smith has looked fantastic in three games. He's not putting up gaudy numbers by any means, but solid. He's got that team winning and and then the other person, a lot of people, I looked at the waiver wire, you know, kind of nationwide on Yahoo, and boy, people were jumping on Jameis Winston. They were picking him up left and right. Yeah. He didn't play, guys. He so. didn't get started. Taysom Hill played. Taysom yeah. Hill played, and that's my other pick. Kid out of BYU had two, I say kid, he's 30 years old at this point. Two rushing touchdowns did not look bad at all today. I think he's going to get the starts moving forward. Where's Jeff George? <laughs> Somebody needs to pick him up off the waiver He's wire. Mowing his lawn right now. <laughs> hey, there, there are so many, so many variables when it comes to available players, and and there are. You can go out there and well, you know, you have the very famous case of Kurt Warner sucking oh the shells and so well. Let's yeah. get him, and we'll go to a Super Bowl. But the fact is that we do have. It's a game of concussion. I don't mean that necessarily with head injuries. Mm -hmm. Just a concussive circumstance in which bodily injuries are going to happen. Yes. And you're going to lose players. The rate of attrition is a key factor in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I have gotten a chance over the last couple of weeks to watch the Cardinals play because they've been, I think, two weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. We're on, like, the Sunday night game. I've been really impressed with Kyler Murray. He's Absolutely. played really well, and they put a, a good little team around him. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we talk about a lot on the show, that you have to have the pieces, all the pieces, not just the quarterback. But you have to have the pieces around you. And the Cardinals look like a team that's uh, on the rise. DeAndre Hopkins makes all the difference in the world in that situation. And you know, I, I know people get paid more money than I do. I'm not a GM. I'm not a manager. I'm not an owner. But the trade that sent Hopkins from the Texans <laughs> – to the Cardinals is one of the most lame brain transactions I have ever seen in my entire life. I think what one of the reasons that we don't hear anything about is that they wanted him gone yes. for some reason. Yeah. Houston wanted him out of there. Arizona said, "Well, how about David Johnson?" And David Johnson was a great star in the Valley at yes. Northern Iowa, but uh, <laughs> and he may have had one or two good years in the NFL, but he does not having them now. In fact, I think he may be out for the year. But the fact is, mm-hmm. I think the Texans wanted the guy, Sayonara. Well, and I think. Based on what I'm seeing with the coaching staff there, I think almost everybody wants to say sayonara in whatever <laughs> language to get the heck off that roster. Oh, my gosh. What a yeah. train wreck. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. We've uh, got a chance to go over this with Stormy a couple of weeks ago about surprises and disappointments in the season. And, Josh, let's start with you because uh, we haven't had John in a while. What's, what's been your biggest surprise, your biggest disappointment at just over the halfway point of the season? Well, I— I I have been one of the biggest detractors for the Cleveland Browns, so they're my <laughs> biggest surprise this year. For them to be seven and three, because I don't think Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback, but they have a lot of talent on that team, and they're showing it this year. Seven and three is crazy, 
for that team, the perennial doghouse of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, as far as disappointment, hmm, I, there's several teams. The Jets are terrible. Uh, the Jaguars are terrible. Do you expect the Jets to be good? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I expect the Jets to be bad. Uh, I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm going to say I'm disappointed in Ned's Eagles. Yep, so am I. Oh, so boy. am I. My green and white was supposed to be a, a very formidable uh, championship contender, not necessarily oh, yeah. Super Bowl, but championship contender, and they are awful. Watching their game today with the Cleveland Browns, the offensive line is going on vacation. They're not playing at all. <laughs> Poor Carson Wentz under siege in the backfield. Couldn't get, couldn't get time to throw anything. And this is a team that was considered to be a, a playoff contender. Oh, my. They are a major disappointment. And what's weird is that entire division is so subpar this year. Yeah. There's the uh, NFC right now on this TV screen. New Orleans, Green Bay, Seattle Eagles are the division leader. <laughs> yeah. One of the biggest disappointments Wild card, Tampa Bay right now, Los Angeles, Arizona, and then in the hunt, Chicago, Minnesota. You know, it's pretty much the standard teams that are out there. John, and, what do you- In terms of surprises, too, Joe, you do have to look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, there absolutely. A lot of folks are there, well, they're just mm-hmm. picking up uh, Brady and Gronkowski and some of these others just for laughs. And, right, uh, right. So I, there's mm-hmm. not a term I can use on the air, but yeah. <laughs> they're just picking that up to yeah. help help with the franchise. Those guys have played well. And yes, they, they can have. play well. But and they, I mean, they, they kinda, play the Chiefs next weekend. They've been kind of up and down, though, a little yeah, bit. They're so. inconsistent. Yeah. John, what's your thoughts on that? Who uh, would you take to the prom right now? As, as far as my surprise, it's definitely going to be, and we talked a little bit about this on the break, the Indianapolis Colts. Boy, getting Phillip Rivers and still being in contention like they've been, T.Y. Helton is having an absolutely terrible year for them. And, I mean, it's just I don't see the roster build as a successful team, but they keep coming out on the the good end of the scoreboard. And not to pile on, my disappointment's definitely the Texans. And you know you've got a bad situation and a bad culture when at the trade deadline they're looking to trade Will Fuller, their star receiver left after Hopkins left. From what I understand, basically, Deshaun Watson said, if you trade him, I will sit out the rest of the year. <laughs> oh, wow. I will quit. Wow. He said he's the only guy catching the ball for me right now downfield. He's my weapon. I'm not going to play without personnel. So are they just are they going to have a fire sale at the end of the season with that team? I think they're going to have a fire sale in the coaching department. Yeah. Ned, what's your thoughts on that? Bulletin, bulletin, the Dallas Cowboys yeah, have just the lead. gained the lead. <laughs> this is so exciting. <laughs> Two teams uh, going uh, nowhere. Are you um, making reference to positives or negatives? Either one. Mm-hmm. However you want to take this. Well, right at first, this season, I really liked the play of the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. come back to earth a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but they're still, they're still a formidable ball club. Disappointments, uh, the Patriots, of course, they have no. not played yeah. anywhere near to their capabilities. They get, they get uh, the, the Cam Newton in there to solve all their problems, and he hasn't done anything. Scam Newton. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. It is Scam Newton. And and uh, I do have to, for pleasant surprises, the Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Tua yes. Valoa has just played very, very well. Yes. Well tied. As for me, um, I as revealed on this show uh, three weeks ago, I grew up as a Raiders fan. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders are my surprise because, over, you know, I, I kind of look, I kind of watch and see what they're doing. And they, uh, you know, the Raiders are a team that disappoints in a game. 
they'll be really brilliant one moment, and then the next mm-hmm. moment they look like they are a Pee Wee League team that hasn't practiced at all. Yep. And this season, I've waited for that moment for them, and so far they haven't. I mean, they played pretty well. They've been yeah. a, they've been to me a surprising team so far this season because I really didn't think John Gruden could do it. That's so. That's yeah, what I think on sure. that. Agreed. Yeah, we're about twelve minutes away from the start of the pregame show. We will do more Ned talk and give you our picks in just a moment. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Let's see if I can get this right. The last two weeks I've gotten it completely wrong because (laughs) I have a stupid schedule. They are playing in Vegas tonight, so the weather is... Warm, 69, and they're going to have sunny skies. I guess it doesn't really matter, though, because it won't be sunny by the time they're playing the game tonight. Let's get our uh, check-in with Ned one more time because he's going to tell us about his Player of the Week, and that is brought to you by Mid-Missouri Bank. Okay, my Player of the Week, because I think it's going to be a relatively high-scoring game, is Tyreek Hill. I think they Mm -hmm. will go to him quite often. Hill has (laughs) his counterpart, Henry Ruggs, playing for uh, for the Raiders. And they both claim to be the fastest players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tyreek Hill has an ego, guys. I know that comes as a major surprise to <laughs> both of you. <laughs> he's he's going to go out there tonight, and he's going to. Uh, I think he's going to shine. I pick him as the key player on the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Newsflash: The Cowboys have lost the lead. It is twenty-seven twenty-four now. <laughs> just so you guys know. So let's uh, get our picks for tonight's game, Ned. What do you think? We'll start with you. High-scoring game, and I look for the Chiefs to have more points than the other team. (laughs) I look for Kansas City to win this one tonight. I think they can score on the Raiders, but I also think that the Raiders can score on them. I'm not sold on the on the Spagnola level of top defense. Hey, the Chiefs are what 29th in the NFL in guarding against the run. Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs plays for this team. Carr is no slouch, guys. No, okay, 40, 40 to thirty is my uh, final score. Chiefs forty, Raiders thirty. John, the the trap I'm afraid people are going to fall into this game are forgetting about the tools that I mentioned to you, Joe, that the Raiders have. They've got Hunter Renfro as an up-and-coming and receiving star. Uh, Devontae Booker is a really nice running back to compliment Jacobs. That being said, I think there's a lot of psychological edge with the Chiefs after that loss. I'm going to pick it to be kind of ugly. I'm going to go 43-21 Chiefs. All right, Josh, your thoughts? Well. Uh, I think it's going to be 34 to 20 Chiefs just because they're going to come out, hit them hard, score a bunch of points, and then the, the Raiders are good enough that they'll score, you know, and come back a little bit. But I think it, I'm thinking like 34 20. I'm going to put my job online today. I'm going to pick the Raiders. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> and, and, and oh. the reason why, here's my, here's my thought. Raiders are a decent team. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think that they're better than the chiefs, mm-hmm. but sometimes there are teams that other teams have a difficult time beating sure. for whatever mm-hmm. matchup reasons, whatever. So I'm going to say that the, the Raiders eke out a 27, 24 win. That's it, what I'm picking. Actually, now, last time we did there. this, uh, roll back the tape here. Last time we did this, you said, Oh, there's no way. That the the Chiefs. Don't you just love his imitation? I know, right? That is so bad. Come no, it's not. I do. I actually do a really good one of you when you're not in the room. (laughs) 
Uh, but <laughs> are, you, are you sober when that happens? <laughs> but you, but you said that, you know there's no way that the the Raiders can beat the Chiefs, and they did. And they did. I do remember saying that, and I I have to withdraw my statement. But the fact of the matter remains that I just don't think that from a consistency standpoint, Kansas City can stay down that. Le- I, I just think they're going to score. But, again, I do have great doubts about the defensive level of things. Mm-hmm. It should be an interesting game tonight. Remember, it is America's game tonight. All America will now be I'm tuned in to watch the game. everybody to the, the, uh, the coup de grace for our show. How oh, much time do we have? Remaining? We've got about three minutes, oh, two and a half. I, I, I can't do the coup de grace yet. Why not? I'm going to do my rendition of Carrie Underwood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to sing the song? <laughs> been waiting all day for a Sunday night. No, I can't. Is that, wow. Why, is that why you came to the studio in a skirt, Ned? I was wondering what was wow, up with we that. Have, we have really reached a new low point in the history of Ned Talk. So, and, that, and let me tell you, we've gone pretty low before. So let me... We, Thanksgiving is just a couple of days away, so happy Thanksgiving to all you guys. Happy Absolutely. Thanksgiving. Everybody listening. Well. Let's talk about the games that are happening this week. Really quickly, Ravens, Steelers... Quickly, Josh. Steelers stay undefeated. I will guarantee, this is my guarantee for the year, the Ravens will win this block. And where are they playing? Uh, Steelers. I'll have to go with Pittsburgh in a very close game. All right. Texans and Lions. I think the Texans win. Texans. Texans. I'll choose Lions. Okay. The team from Washington and boys. That's the uh, Thanksgiving Day game. Mm-hmm. Yes, these I'll, are all Thanksgiving Day I'll games. I'll pick by Washington the way. because, like we've said before, Washington's playing really well. So Definitely go with Alex Smith in Washington. Got to go with the boys playing at home on Thanksgiving. Yeah, got to. I'm going uh, with Washington. I think they're they're a team on the upswing. Here's, Somebody's got to take control of that stinking conference. Here's <laughs> the question, guys. Here's the question for the day. Uh, the Thanksgiving Day morning game. Am I correct? Is Detroit and Houston? Yes, it is. How many in the country are going to watch that? Who cares? Right. <laughs> people in Detroit. And you know, maybe some in Houston. A couple of people in Houston. It's, well, it's not the. Uh, it's by far not the best Thanksgiving Day schedule. But enjoy your turkey. Yes. Ned, have a fabulous Thanksgiving. It's very nice. Thank you. John, do you and yours have a fabulous Thanksgiving? Thank you, sir. Josh, you and yours Thank have you, a man. fabulous Thanksgiving. And to yours as well. And yes. to all of you, have a fabulous Thanksgiving. It's Ned Talk. I want to say thanks to Nick Fury, Mike the Intern. I hope that I have a job tomorrow morning. (laughs) Scott Meyer and Corbin Campbell. Get set. Mitch Holtis on the way next.